Hello, folks. Today, I'm going to read a couple of poems about memories from long ago. It's always amazing how vivid those memories can be. The first one involves an incident in my life as a kindergartner in Omaha, Nebraska. It's called Local Hero. When I was a little fellow, like others of my ilk and age, I had a deep and abiding affection for mud, a penchant not approved of by my mother, who, in the deluge and snowmelt seasons, sternly warned me to steer clear of the goo or suffer the consequences, which, coming from her, were likely to be very unpleasant. I did not steer clear, but grew proficient at cleaning up after my muddy gambols, so that I returned home a not unreasonably dirty five-year-old. Until, that is, one day on the way to school when I saw that the familiar vacant lot I passed five mornings a week on my journey to the sacred halls of crayon and finger-paint pedagogy had been transformed by the previous night's downpour into a great sea of the most splendid mud ever seen by boy or beast and I was overcome by an urge to walk across that ocean of mire to its farthest shore. A shortcut, I explained to myself, cultivating even then the skill of rationalization. So I stepped into the sloppy, sludgy ooze, and to this day, more than seventy years later, I can still hear and feel the most deeply satisfying squish I had ever had the privilege to participate in in all my five years on the planet. Giddy with guck, I took another step and, oh, ecstasy, another squish, perhaps even more delectable, even more transcendently delicious than the first. Hungry now for more, I lifted my booted foot to take a third step. Only this time, the mud refused to surrender my pedal appendage. My foot was profoundly, immutably, incontrovertibly embedded in goop. Same with foot number two. I was caught. I was trapped. I was planted like a sapling. And seeing the fix I was fixed in, my best, most trusted pal, partner in misadventures, waiting there to see how I'd fare before he had to go, turned and rushed away to fetch my mother. She came, she saw, she extricated, although the boots did not come along with the rest of me. She swatted and scolded, she scooted me shoeless home for a pair of sneakers to replace the boots she was exhuming from the morass, and sent me off to school for the second time that morning. When I passed tardily through the door of Mrs. Greeby's classroom, the whole class looked up, and I knew they all knew what I had risked by venturing into the black swamp of a thousand dangers. I knew, they all knew, that I was a hero. This second poem is a more recent memory, from only fifty years ago when I was living on my own in a sweet little cottage on the San Francisco Peninsula. Here is Mockingbird. Many years ago, I lived alone in a small backyard cottage with a scruffy lawn and a large carob tree by the bedroom window. 
The mockingbird who lived in the tree, very proud of its mastery of many languages and its operatic voice, never missed an opportunity to put both talents on display, belting out the anthems of a dozen different species in their native tongues at all hours from sunup to sundown. The bird's constant vocalizing was an apt and pleasant soundtrack for the comings and goings that make up a usual day. But late at night, when I needed my sleep for the next shift, I did not find that avian jukebox all that entertaining. Night after night, at two or three in the morning, I would be awakened by sleep-shattering arias that seemed to go on and on and on. At that hour, even Maria Callas or Linda Ronstadt would have elicited my groggy ire, to say nothing of a winged diva who didn't know when to quit. Sometimes I could temporarily banish the bird by going outside to grab a branch and shake it vigorously, but unfailingly the performance resumed the next night, same place, same time. As I remember it all now, decades removed from my cottage days, I am able to appreciate my inexhaustibly vocal neighbor, who day after day, night after night, without concern for the opinions or the nocturnal needs of those nearby, who worked a nine-to-five, praised our existence with unstoppable song. That's it today for An Old Man's Memories. I'm sure there are more on the way. This is Buff Whitman Bradley thanking you for listening and saying adios until next time.